Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy National Golf Club. This is Nice Shot Pods, featuring Tractor, the Rhino, the Moose, and Paul. This week, we break down the courses, players, and even the celebrities for the Pebble Beach National Pro-Am. We have our first ever interview with veteran PGA Tour caddy Don Donatello. We build salary cap lineups and continue our season-long one-and-done in fantasy Nassau competitions. Hi guys, welcome to the fifth installment of Nice Shot Pods. Yes, we've made it to our fifth show. I'm as impressed as everyone else. Uh, this week we have a pretty exciting uh, new deal. We have our very first interview with Don Donatello. You guys might remember him from Big Break Season 2. He's a veteran caddy that's been hopping around from bag to bag the last few years, but he's currently on the bag of a young player that has no status on tour, and he couldn't be more excited about it. While this interview probably won't help you with your DFS lineups this week, we're sure you're going to find this one very fascinating. Uh, let's kick it off this week. We got Mike Metzger. How are you doing today, man? Doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? That is the moose, and then we've yes. got Jordan Rhino. Tractor, how you doing, babe? Pretty good. And we got a... Paul. Tractor, what's going on? Pro-Am celebrity, couldn't be more excited. I'm hoping for death. <laughs> All right, so this week we got our little introduction game. Every person is going to be given three guys in a category, and they got to pick who will finish first to worst of those three-man categories. To start this one off, Paul, you're getting the comedian section. These are guys playing in the tournament this week, Tractor, then? Everyone on this is playing in the tournament. Okay. If you, collect, if you select all three of your guys correctly in order, you're going to win a special prize next week. Ooh. Right. I might give you guys one point towards NASA to try to catch me. <laughs> oh, I don't need your charity. <laughs> All right, Paul, you're at the comedian section. Okay. Bill Murray, Ray Romano, and Larry the Cable Guy. All Who's right. going to finish first to worst in that section? Do I get handicaps or no? Because, you know... Well, it's a net tournament, though, right? It is. There's sandbagging going on like crazy in this thing. Yeah, wherever they finish in the tournament. Gotcha. All right, so you said, gotcha. So Murray, Romano, and Larry the Cable Guy. Let's see. I'm going to go Ray Romano, best finisher. What was it? The Haney Project he was on? I think he was. Yeah, I was like... About 10 years ago, but I think that's finally going to pay off for him. And he's going <laughs> to figure it out. Larry the Cable Guy, I'll take him second. He's just there to have a good time, I think. But I still think he can top Bill Murray. Bill won it a few years ago. Probably the highlight is his golf career easily. He's just on the gravy train. He doesn't care how he plays anymore. And, you know, his partner's still DA points, I think, right? They let DA points in this thing? I mean, he's in the tournament. I think his pro is going to just bring him down, too. So... We'll go Ray, Larry, Bill. Do you think any having to play with one of these guys hurts the pro? Like, if you have to play with Larry the Cable Guy and listen to him say, get her done 7,000 times in two to four days, like, what do you think that does to a guy? Well, if, if you're like me and gets angry easily, obviously it would not be good for me. But if you look at a couple years ago with, like, DA points, I think he even said, like, playing with Bill Murray, you know, helped him relax. For me, I wouldn't be able to take it, for sure. All right, Moose, you're up. You got musician section. You got Macklemore, Huey Lewis, and Pat Moynihan, the lead singer of Train. Oh man, I didn't even know Macklemore played golf. Welcome to the club. Do you think he gets to ride a moped around? <laughs> yeah, well I'm gonna have to put him dead last just because I just didn't even think that 
he played. I mean, I bet he was too busy practicing his freestyles when he was growing up that he wasn't working on the range. So I'll go Pat Monahan or Moynihan, whatever his name is. He's probably got a lot of money. I'm going to go with him as going in one. So he's playing a lot of golf. And then how could you not like Huey Lewis coming number two? I mean, love, power, love. Soundtrack to one of the greatest movies of all time. Back to the Future. Yeah. So we're going to go Pat, Huey, Macklemore. Do you think someone from the news caddies for Huey? (laughs) (laughs) Did Kenny G just get left off this list just because we all know for like every year they show, here's Kenny G, he's a two handicap. No, he's not on the, he's not playing. Really? Here he's not on the celebrity list. What is CBS going to do? Probably show Macklemore now. I mean, I honestly can't believe Macklemore's playing this. Like, again, I had no idea he even played golf. So, I mean, I guess if I'm there, I'm worried, like, standing around the tee of Macklemore's playing. <laughs> but again, for me, maybe, maybe this is what I want. I know. You know what's going to suck is that, like, first thing on Thursday, I go, here's Macklemore, who's a plus four. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rhino, you're up. You got the sports legends category. Ooh. Wayne Gretzky, Steve Young, and Peyton Manning. I got to go great one. He's going to be playing with DJ, right? Yeah. He's going to have good vibes, and DJ's probably going to be in the hunt. So got to go great one, number one. I'm thinking Peyton is not doing a lot right now, so he's probably playing a lot of golf. His game's got to be semi-sharp, so I'm going to put him right in the middle. The Storm and Mormon himself, Steve Young, he's uh, coming in third. You think he's just going to be a little bit butthurt over the Super Bowl? Why? Wasn't he a 49ers quarterback? He's fine. He's got he's won enough in his own right. He doesn't care. Do you think Wayne Gretzky, though, like having to focus most of his time on telling DJ to pay attention and try to win a tournament, <laughs> has time to focus on his own golf game? That's going to get him in the right mindset, too. Stop looking at the waves, eh? <laughs> He's not that Canadian. <laughs> Let's break down the courses on the Monterey Peninsula that make up the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. All right, guys. So this week, obviously, it's the AT&T at Pebble, Spyglass. And are they where are they playing the third piece this week? Monterey Peninsula. Monterey Peninsula. All right. Is it, any of you guys played any of these courses? Uh, yeah, I've played Pebble twice and Spyglass once at a good time. I played about two years ago. Paul, you've played two as well. Yeah, same. Two, two at Pebble, one at Spyglass. But for me, this was back in 1999, so not as recent. I don't think there's been a ton of changes or anything. No, but, not really. But... Yeah, biggest thing ever. I mean, awesome experience, obviously, but um, I think this thing that stuck out to me the most is probably how small the greens were at Pebble. And how shitty the back nine is. <laughs> Not the, uh, yeah. Wait, what? I mean, it's an unbelievable golf course, unbelievable experience. Would recommend everybody should do it. But yeah, there's like, I'd say nine to ten spectacular holes and, you know, eight or nine very average golf holes. But And again, the holes, like, I've been out there. The holes are fine. It's just the other ones are on the water so so visually stunning anything not along the water is just blah yeah Meh. and i mean you can't find you're not gonna have 18 holes in the water obviously when you get to like 12 13 i just remember like looking in i was like if i didn't see the ocean right there i could be on any municipal course in america i felt like so they're gonna clip you for what 600 bucks these days yeah. 650 it's right they just they just upped it to 575 i think this okay year, plus caddy but if, if you're staying there i think it's a lot cheaper than that mm. not a lot like you're like still 350 or four or something like that yeah i remember paying like a couple years ago moose like 350 i will say that um moose maybe you agree with like the first hole is just a very boring kind of nondescript hole but that was probably the 
you know, top two or three first tee experiences I've ever had. Yeah, I agree. You know, there's a hundred people wandering around watching you. So, I mean, you're just like, you're nervous. And then that first hole, like depending on what tee you're playing, like I was in three iron, which it's not really a fun club to have in your hand when you get a crowd and there's condos to the right. I'm not a huge fan of less than driver first holes. But out there, you have so much anticipation and excitement getting out to play Pebbles. So, like, it's kind of nice to just ease your way into it, you know, on that part. So, I didn't really mind it. I really like the approach shot where that green tilts super hard from left to right. You don't even see the green right away off the tee. So, then when you're playing, you hit your shot out there. And then, finally, you see the green and you've heard how small these greens are. And then you look at it and you're like... Oh, yeah. Right. They're tiny. You guys had a different experience because I had the second tee time off and there was no one there. And it was probably 45 degrees out when we started. So I didn't have to worry about anyone around me. And I blew it straight right. It was fantastic. (laughs) OB? I'm sure I reloaded. I think my caddy was Rocket. Rocket, if you're listening, you've reminded me what I did. His name was Rocket? Yeah, Rocket. He's been there like 30, 40 years. Basically, he's entire life has been caddying at pebble that's cool have you played did you say you've played monterey too i've not played monterey but i played spyglass which could have been the most difficult golf course i've ever played for not playing for two months prior i i loved i personally like spyglass a lot more than pebble like obviously pebble's so gorgeous but in terms of just a golf course uh problem is is that spyglass could be anywhere in the country there's like a couple holes where you see the ocean first three first three are ocean the rest you feel like you're in north carolina well, the fun part about this week, boys, is, uh, you know, another multi-course tournament. So you know how much we enjoy those. Yes. Um, so, Moose, you would know this. Is it, we have the same issues as the American Express where shot links only at one of the courses. Or do they do more of them here? Uh, nope. Still only three of the courses. I got some interesting information. So let me kind of break down some of the, the course stuff here. So we got Pebble, which is 6,800 yards, par 72. Got Spyglass, which is 7,000 A little bit over 7,000 yards, another par 72. Monterey is just under 7,000. That's a par 71. So the rotation that it goes, so regardless of where you start, but it goes Monterey Peninsula, Spyglass, then Pebble. Monterey Peninsula and Spyglass are, are the easier of the two. Those two play under par and Pebble plays slightly over par, but there's only been one winner that starts on Spyglass in the last eight years, and there's been four that started on Monterey Peninsula and three that have started on Pebble Beach. So what that's kind of telling me is that you want to have be able to play the two easy courses back to back. If you start on Spyglass, you got to go Pebble. You go Spyglass, Pebble, Monterey, and so you're kind of, you don't get a chance to just go deep two days in a row. The other thing I saw was that as far as green, the green speeds vary a little bit. And that Pebble's going to be the slowest at 10.5 on the Stimp. Monterey is at about 12. And Spyglass is just listed at tournament speed. But if you go to the golf course superintendent stuff, they have the stats on this. And they're all POA greens. And those are cut shorter than the both of those. So I'm guessing that they're going to be running slightly faster than, than 12 because they're shorter than Monterey Peninsula. Just kind of some interesting stuff. You're most likely to miss the cut if you start at Pebble. Really? That seems interesting to me. Yeah, I think it's just the same thing that we saw at the Amex that you're you're playing catch up because everybody else is, is kind of going deep. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I guess I thought Spyglass was like the hardest course. I always thought that too, but yeah, the stats. Spyglass sends a play like, I think it's like between 0.25 and 0.3 under par. And Monterey's a lot easier, right? They're actually not too far apart 
So Pebbles, the hardest of these? Yes. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I guess uh, just a stat just from last year, it was basically like Monterey Peninsula was 70.6, Spyglass was 71.7, Pebble was 72.5. That was just last year, but for the first three rounds. Wasn't weather a big factor last year? I feel like it always is at this tournament. The, the forecast is looking mint. Sunny and limited breeze is what they're saying. So do you guys remember like how short the ball carries out there? Yeah. Yeah, it barely went anywhere. It's- it's the like that was the hardest part about playing the thing because it's only like sixty eight hundred yards and DJ is ripping at like two ninety. Yeah, it's it's like a club and a half, and it is the hardest thing. Like I've I've played at elevation before, but it must be like the cold or like the air's dense. I'm sure Bryson could tell us all about it, but yeah, it was the hardest thing for me to get used to. I just listened to Rocket and he told me what to do. <laughs> yep, he goes, "How far do you hit an eight iron to Minnesota?" I was like, 160. And he goes, got it. He'd go, what's your number? And he'd go, hit seven iron. Be like, all right. And it worked out. Good caddy. Yeah. I also got to hit the uh, Snedeker shot on 18 down on the beach. Wrecked my eight iron, but made birdie. All right. So, Moose, you got any stats this week we're looking into? I'm going to keep it pretty simple this week with multi-track tournament where you got a lot of guys that consistently play well here year after year. So, I'm going to go tournament history, recent form, tee to green, and long-term Putting on POA, which you can find on fantasynational.com slash pods. Rhino probably thinks that's stupid. No, no, no. Well, I mean, it always comes down to putting here, right? I mean, you're on POA, especially if you're leading or, you know, in one of the last four or five groups on Sunday, you're going to be putting on crust. It's interesting, too, is that POA tends to be more forgiving or brings poor putters into play. As opposed to like bent, you know, like pure bent grass. Just in general, nobody's making pots, right? Yeah, it just evens it evens everybody out. It's not as so. You're saying, Moose, if I played more Poa greens, I'd score better. Yeah, if if your putter was your only problem, then yes, perfect. <laughs> it seems like guys that have success at this tournament, especially because putting is it is important, um, especially at Pebble. It seems like they have a lot of conviction on like putts. From inside six feet. The bangers? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you look at Sneds, you look at Mickelson, Spieth, even So, why isn't Fowler done better? They rip it. That's good. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't play there, really. Yeah. No, definitely on pole, you want want more aggressive putts. You're not looking for guys that are trying to die in there because you're trying to power it through those, that bumpy sort of broccoli shape of the grass. Or is it the plant, Mike? The plant? Yeah. It's a blooming flower, right? Or plant or whatever. <laughs> Winners last couple of years, we get we had Phil in 2019, Ted Potter Jr., the GOAT in 2018, Jordan Spieth in 2017, Vaughn Taylor in 2016, and Sneds in 2015. So notables are DJ's had four top fives in the last six years, and Jason Day's had four top fives and a T11 in the last five years. So... Not outside T11 last five years. So basically it shows either a stud wins or a shitty player. Yeah, which is kind of the two (laughs) options there are, aren't there? Kind of, yeah. (laughs) I just can't believe Jason Day's played this event five years in a row. It's cold there. I know. You could definitely catch a sniffle or two. (laughs) It's got to be the views that keep him coming back. Maybe he just has a really good partner. We should find out who he plays with. Maybe it's his doctor. <laughs> <laughs> it's a free. It's a free. Nice con- shot, Pods. <laughs> free consultation out there. He's got seven hours to spend with him. <laughs> He's trying to pay off his copays. 
Yeah, someone's going to have to look into that because when's the last time he's played five of the same events in a row? I don't know. But you know what? Like, if I was a tour pro, I'd hit this event every year. I love playing out there. I mean, I don't know that I'd want to, like, play with the celeb, but I guess... It's worth it to get out there. It's so gorgeous. All right, guys, let's transition to our salary cap lineup thing we did last week. First off, to all you people who played in it, stop cheating. (laughs) Stop cheating. DraftKings can't actually stop the amount of money going into it for your team. You have to actually self-police yourself to not go over 43000 So, first off, Mike had to go through all the first places to find out who didn't cheat to actually pick who won. Moose? Who won? Well, in all fairness, though, the guy who scored the most, so there was two different tournaments, and the guy who scored the most in all the tournaments did not cheat, which is kind of impressive. Wow. Yeah, so so the guy who won, his name was Jay Brandt, 20, and he had 504 points, and he had Ben Young on, which, who was 7,600, Hoagie at 7,400, J.B. Holmes at 7,400, Bo Hostler at 7,300, Max Homa at 71, and Mark Hubbard at 62. So he kind of went the opposite approach that we took last week and seemed to pay off. You know, we were all kind of like trying to go low so that we could spend up, and he tried to stay in that 73 to 76 range and then went low on just a single guy, and all six of those guys happened to make the cut. It's pretty good. Congratulations to that guy. That's really good. I, on the other hand... Had 245 points, so he more than doubled me. Well, I took 94th and 90th, so... And I thought I had the same plan as that guy, and it did not work out. And you didn't cheat? I did not cheat. I know you. I'm I'm so surprised you didn't cheat. Did you cheat this week? I actually haven't built my lineup this week yet. I want to hear you guys pick, and then I'm going to piggyback on it. I'll, I'll go first here, so... So for my lineup, I'm going to go with Charlie Hoffman at 7,200. He's got three consecutive putts or three consecutive cuts made and putts well on Poa. I got Streels, Kevin Streelman at 7,400. He's kind of a course history guy here. He went T7 in 2019, sixth in 2018, and then has two top 20 finishes in 16 and 17. I went with the Collider Harry Higgs Boson at 7,200, who's 11th in the field strokes gained total over the last 24 rounds on FantasyNational.com, where you can sign up and save 20% if you go to FantasyNational.com slash pods. That's P-O-D-S. After that, I went with Jingjun Zhang. I believe is how you pronounce it. He's 7,200. He's 10th in the field, T to green over the last 24 rounds. And I went with Patrick Rogers at, oh, what was he at? I don't remember what his price is off the top of my head, but he's been putting lights out in 2020. Loves POA. He has, over his last four tournaments, the least he's gained on putting is 3.4 strokes per tournament. And this guy's kind of more of a bomber. 7,400. 7,400 for Patrick Rogers. And then... To get all those guys in there, I went with Tyler McCumber at 6,600, whose primary asset is the fact that he's 6,600, but he's also made six of eight cuts this year. Love it. That's my team. Love it. Did you see the uh, the clip of your boy Harry Higgs on 17 last week? Uh, riding the pony? Yeah. And then draining the eagle putt. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah, instant, it was good. Instant celebrity. You heard about him here first on Nice Shot Pods. All right, Rhino, who do you got? Uh, Moose, to piggyback on you, I also have Streelman. I, I kind of went with the same camp. I, I had the same thought I had last week. I like the idea of going low. I want to get a couple of horses, guys that I think could win. 
I had Cam Smith last week. I think he had like 12 bunker shots on one hole, according to the tractor. <laughs> it was a complete nightmare. He missed the cut by like 50. Uh, he's probably back in Australia. Um, so he's out this week, but uh, I still went with the same philosophy. So we doubled up on Streelman. No surprise there. It's uh, I, I like guys who can putt. I like horses for courses. So no surprise there. But I also have McCumber. I think he's just – he's a Florida boy, but – I think he's just kind of got that California cool style about him, and I think he'll he'll do well, and he was cheap, right? So other guys I like, wouldn't be surprised if either of these two won. Still kind of value plays. Brian Gay, top 10 the last two years. Tractor loves him. Everything you touch turns to gold, so I love that. Um, and then my guy Kisner. My only concern with Kisner this week is this is such a death march. It's, uh, you know, you're probably looking at six and a half hour rounds, so he's probably going to need like a full log of chew every day. But <laughs> he's, you know, hopefully he's got a good partner. I think he's a great putter, so um, everything kind of lines up there. I'm surprised, first off, they allow people to chew in California. <laughs> it's smokeless. <laughs> it's smokeless. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like out there, like, you know, just there's a Surgeon General on the pack around, like, on the tin. Like, maybe you have to pay them, like, $1,000 for a tin. Maybe it's, like, CBD lace skull or something. So it helps yeah, with, it, it helps sure with his anxiety. I'm sure if there's in it, it's cool in California. Yeah. And then sticking with my, my putter theme is is my guy, Badalay. I had him last week. He made the cut. I don't know. He's under 7,000. For guys under 7,000, I, I like him more than anybody in terms of putting, other than maybe my guy stricker it's going to be cold in the morning and uh this guy hits balls in madison wisconsin in swim trunks i I love it he's not worried about that so old guys i was i was peeping i was peeping some stricker he didn't make the final cut but he was he was on the short list all right paul your turn all right so i tried to change it up a little bit from last week kind of similar philosophy in the sense that i didn't want to spend like more than eight grand for my top guy went a little too uh stats heavy last week so i'm trying to go kind of half stats and half emotional picks if you will. Which is what we love at fantasynational.com slash pods. I don't know what I'm doing, so let's just let's pick a few guys that I like to cheer for. So there is there is a whole lot of crap this week. I'll give you that. So. Yeah. And yeah, so anyway, my but my top guy this week, I didn't find anybody else around that eight thousand dollar range I like more, but I'm going back to the well with uh Tom Hoagie. He finished twenty-fifth this week at Phoenix, which is his worst finish in the last four weeks, I think. But you know, I think he's Two top 10s, three top 15s before that. So let's keep riding him. I think he's still good value at 7,900. Next, kind of going with the horse for course, who's been kind of quietly steady. That's Scott Stallings at 7,600. I think he's got his last three years at Pebble are pretty good. Third, seventh, tied 14th. Kind of horse for course route. Um, next guy, quietly playing some good golf as well, Young Gun from California, Mav McNeely. He's kind of made eight straight cuts. Nothing spectacular, but nothing terrible. So just going to get a safe safe pick. He's from the area, so dad's a billionaire, so I'm guessing he's played Pebble a bunch of times. So. His dad's a billionaire? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's owns, he started up Sun Microsystems, right? Yep. Who was bought out by, who'd they get bought by? Uh, Oracle. Um, then now getting into my kind of emotional picks, I'm kind of going pro DraftKings guys, also Team Fitness guys too. It just kind of worked out that way, but I'm also going Harry Higgs. Loved what I saw of that guy at Waste Management. Let's take him at 7,200. The next 6,900, I'm going with the Barn Rat. Kyrdich. Big boys. He hasn't played a ton over here recently, but I mean, he's got top 50 in the world potential, so at sixty nine hundred bucks, I feel like you know why not. Plus, if they ever show him on TV, he will be sucking that vape pen so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and 
last. I wasn't left with much, so $6,100 to keep it under that the $43,000 limit without cheating. I'm going on Zach Sucker. Sucher or Sucker? I'm going to go Sucker. Sucker? Well, he was tweeting a bunch a couple weeks ago at Torrey Pines, like, hey, pick me in DraftKings. I'm only 6100 bucks. The game's great. And then he made the cut. I think he finished 30-something. Yeah, 36 that week. So You got to like a guy who knows where he stands in the game that you're on Twitter trying to tell people to pick me. Yep. Yep. Well, so Zach, if you or your agent are listening, uh, get, hit us up on Twitter and we'd love to figure out how to pronounce your name and have you on. <laughs> yeah. You can do an interview. All right, guys. So again, if you are part of the 43,000 challenge, self-police yourself. Oh, yeah. By the way, this Dra- week I'm going to give away a free month to whoever wins it. Oh. So, like assuming Ooh. that you don't cheat. Like the, the like whoever scores the most points on uh, with a valid lineup, they'll get a free month. Uh, we'll figure out how we do that, but yeah. Remember, guys, DraftKings will let you take more than the forty-three thousand. So you gotta self-police yourself if you want a shot at winning. Do you yeah, think leave the people seven thousand dollars sh- on the table. Do you think the people that went over forty-three thousand dollars would try to make an excuse like, "Oh, I had bad cell phone reception or the glare. I couldn't tell the numbers." No, I couldn't feel the think, sand with their. Wedge. I bet people just did it and it didn't say they were over. So they're like, "Oh, whatever." Yeah, they. I think it, there's two things. So I think some people put it in ahead of time and like they might have done it right, but then as they go to edit their lineups, they go to like change something out and they don't realize that there's you know editing that lineup. Overall, but. it's not a big deal. You know, one there's no money involved except for someone wins a free membership and you know, is going to audit it to your lineup. Cheater. And who's <laughs> going to audit your lineup? So if you're over, you don't count. The Nice Shot Pods presents the Don Donatello interview. Don is a veteran PGA Tour caddy that's been on the bag for Chris DeMarco, Rocco Mediate, KJ Choi, Danny Lee, Kevin Knob, Billy Horschel, JJ Henry, and countless others. Let's pick his brain. Don, how you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for having me on. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, you and I played together last year to, out at Hazeltine. You were there for what we call our Blue Tee Open, where we stretch it out from the tips. You remember that? Um, yeah, I'm probably still hurting from it. <laughs> I think I looked at it, it was close to 8,000 yards. It, it's a long, tough course from back there. <laughs> Don, who, whose bag are you on this year? Well, been kind of a, a rough ride, and I've been trying to find a young stud player. And Ben Crane's caddy uh, couldn't work for this kid at Q School last year, and so I said I'd love to do it. It was in Florida, and so his name's Will Gordon. He played at Vanderbilt, first team All American, Walker Cup player, just a stud, top five best college player. And I knew right away at Q School that this kid was special. He got a spot into Mexico and a spot in the Sea Island. And he asked me to keep going with him because he thought we were a great team. And I've just kind of stayed with him. And, and he's just getting sponsor in, invite. If they have an open spot, we've been getting one. So we've been pretty lucky. Well, what is his status right now? He has no status other than he's got a heck of an agent. And the agent's sending letters to each tournament and asked they'd give him a spot. And, uh, you know, the kid's somebody to watch. He's got upper 190 ball speed. Club head speeds 130, flies at 320, 325 in the air, hits an eight iron, probably close to 200 yards. I mean, it's just impressive to watch. You know what? That's awesome because I remember when we were playing, you were saying, man, I'd really love to find somebody that could just overpower a golf course. 
you feel like you kind of found your guy here then or yeah i uh i think he needs to improve in some areas but i think that's had a lot of pressure on him when you get sponsor invites you're trying to do the best you can because that opportunity will keep coming if you play well and you know last week in san diego we finished 20th um which really helped and then obviously rsm uh, was our second event together and he finished top 10 that got him in hawaii first pod we were talking about this tournament how a lot of new guys their first play is at the Sony. And we were talking about the expense to get over there. How many guys is that, like new players, is that impact, you think, where you're like, man, that's a lot of money early in my career to get out over there? It's pretty expensive. I mean, just the plane flight alone is about $1,000. The cheapest hotel you're going to find anywhere around there is going to cost you twelve dollars to $1,400. So you're looking $2,400 and you're looking at caddy fee. So you're looking to fork out three or four grand or more. And then if you bring your wife with you, you're five, six, seven thousand dollars in the hole. I mean, especially for a guy that just came off the corn ferry tour and he needs to at least, you know, be reshuffled and needs to play. That's a lot of money. Now, are you paying your way over there too, or are they paying your way to get over there like as a cat? No, what, what ends up happening is they give you a base salary and you have to, you know, spend your own money to get over there. And the only way you make any money, honestly, is if they make the cut, then you get a percentage of that. And unless you have a really big salary, like either Tiger's paying his caddy or Ernie Ells is paying his caddy where they're making, you know, four or $5,000 a week, then you can stay by yourself um, and you can make a little bit of money. And, you know, like in Hawaii, I lost money for the week. That's a chance you take and hoping that your player plays well, and, and you have to do that. So you think on like the newer players, right, where you kind of lost, <clears throat> you lost out on that week. So say he gets hot and keeps going, like any player, right, and then all of a sudden he decides he wants a different guy. Did they ever look back and be like, yeah, this guy was with me, like kind of like going backwards, and I kind of dumped him, or is it like I got a new guy and I don't Well, care? what ends up happening is, is this job, there's no guarantees. You know, he could get up on the wrong side of the bed, and all of a sudden he hates you and lets you go. And uh, we've had people that, you know, like Matthew Wolf just let, let his caddy go. You know, they won a golf tournament. They've done really well. And, you know, maybe they let you go and then they realize five weeks, six weeks down that they really miss you. And sometimes they hire you back. And that's happened numerous times on tour. And the tough thing about it is, is the way it works now, you know, they let you go and now you're fighting to try to find another bag. And there's 10 or 12 people in the parking lot looking for a bag too. And, and all have unbelievable resumes as a caddy. I imagine it's kind of like dating a hot chick. That's like, you know, like five points above you on the hot scale. And you're just kind of like waiting until she realizes that you're like, Oh God, I hope she doesn't realize she's too good for me. Or, not that you'd know about that, Don, because you're a pretty dapper-looking fellow. But <laughs> I've been with the same woman for 29 years, so I better be dapper. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, it, it's 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 a tough thing because we're playing for so much money, and within the next two years, they're getting ready to do. We're going to get TV money, so each purse is going to be 10 million dollars every single week. And so when you start talking that much money, playing for. I think a lot of stuff is going to happen. I think now you see friends coming out and they need somebody just to hang out with because it, it's not all out to be what it seems. I mean, there's a lot of downtime that you have to find things to occupy your time. Sure. Hey, hey Don, when you're going through the that courtship process, is there a certain personality that you seem, seem to work best with? Well, if you look at each player caddy, I think one tip 
typical person will make that other person better. And I think they're looking for somebody that kind of fits in all the things that they're weak in. Like my player is super, super good, but with organization, sticking to processes, making sure that he's thinking clearly at all times, those are the things I'm really good at that I can really help Will Gordon be great at. And also, you know, telling stories, making him laugh, enjoying what you're doing because it's no fun playing bad at all. I don't care who you are, whether you're a 30 handicapper that wants to be better or you're a pro, no one loves, no one likes to play bad. How long on average do you think it kind of takes when you got a new guy to kind of learn his system, learn his mentality, and then kind of like fit where you need to fit into that box? I think like a fine line, it takes a little bit of time, but if you're any good at being a caddy and not a bag toter, but a caddy, you can really get an idea of what he's thinking how he how he handles situations and then the club the club stuff is easy I mean, we do, we chart everything on how far the ball's carrying, how how far the ball spins back, how far the ball's releasing on every single iron. I can tell you within a yard of what he hits every club. And these guys are that good. But as you grow with him week in and week out, I feel like you get even sharper knowing when he's uncomfortable, knowing when he's nervous, and, and knowing those types of situations where you can calm him down or get him refocused on what he's doing. And so I've been with Will. This is my – I've done four events with him plus Q School, so five events. And I feel like we're right on page, and we're only going to just keep getting better as we progress further in our relationship as a caddy player. You're definitely excited for the future. I am. I've never felt this excited. I mean, I I had a a young player a couple years ago. Uh, He was a super, super player, but he had a real bad temper, and it was really hard to get him calmed down and get him refocused. It's exciting to have somebody that has just as much or more talent with more upside with it coming, you know, mentally to be able to get to the next level and to compete against, you know, the Justin Thomas and and the Ricky Fowlers and the Tiger Woods, all these great players that we have on tour now. So how, how was it working with him at the RSM when, you know, he, he finished 10th there, uh, you know, in his third event? Was it pretty tight? You know, how, how did that go? Like, um, you know, he knew that he was playing well the last day. It was blown about 15, 20, maybe even a little harder. And you could tell that he was going to play well. You could just see his focus. I just had to keep him in the present and not look at the uh, leaderboards and stay focused on what he's doing. And that's really hard to do because there's leaderboards all over the place but just kept him focused on what he was doing out there. And then, you know, on the 16th hole, he hit a 370-yard drive. Uh, we had about 60 yards to the hole, and he holed it out for an eagle. And we had two more holes to play, and I knew we were right on the bubble to finish top 10. And I knew par-par was going to be huge. And he went par-par, and then we just kind of watched the leaderboard, and we ended up finishing top 10. But definitely, you could see that the guy was meant to, uh, to play golf for a living, just the way he handled himself out there under the pressure. And that's got to be that's got to be awesome to do that at the RSM. And then last week with like a full like you know rock star field, so you know twenty one twenty whatever he finished at. I mean that has to be that has to be so much confidence for a young player to be like I deserve to be. Here. Well, what makes it even better is he doesn't have a place to play, and he needed ninety five FedEx Cup points or more to be exempt straight to Web Finals. Web Finals is three events they play at the end of the year that you have a chance to get your tour card and. Last week, him finishing 21st, got him enough points. He's got 109 FedEx Cup points, which gets him into web finals that he knows no matter what, the following year, he's going to have web status or corn fairy status, which is huge. 
I'm thinking he's going to, I mean, with the starts that he's have right now, I'm thinking that Corn Ferry is going to be the least of his concerns. Well, I agree, but it's still, uh, in anything in life, whether you're selling a house or you're selling a car or whatever you're doing or you're working in business, you still don't know if you can do it until you do it. And, and so this is huge mentally for him, knowing that he at least has a place to stay now. He might actually kind of relax and now let things kind of happen instead of wanting it so bad. That's what I found out the, the last few weeks. He's been pushing a little too hard. He made a lot of mistakes last week because he was trying too hard. And so that's what I saw in Hawaii too, you know? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm just kind of looking up some of his stats right here, and I was seeing that in both of his great finishes at, at RSM, he lost strokes putting and finished 10th. At Farmers, he gained zero strokes putting and finished 21st. I mean, yep. And what I'm also seeing is that that guy can ball strike when he's got, the you know, 200 plus. Yeah. He was number he, one in driving, number one in driving, and, and number three in green hit on, on, at that event, which that tells you that he's a heck of a ball striker. He needs just to clean up the little stuff and you know with a little hard work and maybe me helping him a little bit maybe he can do it you know so like when you guys get to the green what's your dynamic is he kind of just take over like i know what i want to do just confirm what i want or are you also working through breaks with us? well normally what what we do is he he'll get up on the green he'll mark his ball throw it to me i'll clean it off he'll walk around i'll get out the greens book we have a greens book every week that we have to buy that's cost 165 dollars and it shows the grids of the green it also shows aim point all the numbers it shows color formations which means a lot of break or less break and i'll have the dot in there and i'll have a kind of a look at it and then i'll walk around i'll plumb it i'll see what it's kind of doing and if he asks i'll tell him what i think and if he doesn't ask then i'll kind of stay back and let him do it and the only time i'll ever speak up to him if if i see that he doesn't look comfortable i'll speak up and say hey you got it and he'll say yep i got it or no what what do you see and and so that's kind of the things that i've learned with them is when to speak and when not to that's awesome stuff we were talking about you know how you have a base and like last week you went out and tried to do monday qualifier with them to get into waste management phoenix open like Is that all kind of part of that? Are you paying your way out there for that too? Or is that like a sponsor that's helping? I mean, because that's kind of a long shot. I mean, how many guys are trying for three spots? I think there was 65 or 70 guys there for three spots. So 60, okay, so 65, 70 guys for three spots. This is Monday. You remember what it took? I took five or six, I believe. I think minus five got in and there was a playoff. playoff, yep. Yep. And, but I mean, that's, so that means you're down there on Monday. So you've got an extra three days to, you know, or a couple extra days that you got to stay there, assuming he gets in and then he has to make the cut before you guys see a dime. Well, it's crazy because I didn't know that he was doing the Monday because, you know, getting these sponsor exemption spots, you only get seven. And so he doesn't know when he's going to get in. And so I didn't know anything about it until we were on the golf course. And one of the players asked him if he was going next week. And he goes, no, I got to go do the Monday. And so I said to the agent, I said, I didn't know about the Monday qualifier on Monday. He goes, can you be there? And I said, yes, I'm going to be there. I, I want to help this guy do everything he possibly can in this game. And so I booked a flight. It cost me $170 more than his flight because he booked it like two or three days before. And I had to rent a car. I didn't know where I was staying. I'm calling people to try to find a place to stay, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to still focus on the tournament we have at hand, but also get my travel stuff ready for Monday, for Sunday night. Monday and I uh, couldn't find a place to stay and I got lucky and got to stay with him but again I had to pay four or five hundred dollars out of my own pocket and then after we got done and we didn't qualify he goes I'm going to take care of your expenses but we never talked about that at, at first hand so you know I'm glad 
that he actually paid for it, but I didn't make anything. He just paid for my expenses. I made nothing for staying, yeah. you know, Monday and then flying the red eye back home on Tuesday. I got home Tuesday morning. But again, this is the things that you do to be successful in anything you do in business or anything you do, you have to take risks. And working for this guy, I'm hoping that he'll be that and I'll, I'll make that all back. You know what I mean? I'm hoping he'll be that guy. And you won't even remember that I had the, I didn't get paid to do anything that day, you know, other than my expenses. Right. Yeah. You were talking about how, you know, their yard is, you know, how far that ball's going to release. And I remember we got into the fourth hole. So I, this is like the second hole I've been playing with you. And you said something to the effect of, <laughs> well, so our, our wedge released six yards on the, or, you know, six feet in the last one. We've got an eight iron in here. This should release X amount. Like what's, what are the numbers that you're always getting and how are you kind of determining rollout, you know, just based on such a small sample? Well, um, through your practice rounds, when we're playing practice rounds, we're not just playing it just to see the golf course. We're getting an idea of how the golf course is playing. That's why it's nice to play in the Wednesday Pro-Am because that's the day before the tournament. I mean, this is the only sport. If you look at any sport, did you play something before you play your first round? You don't see tennis playing an expedition round you know before they play their tournament you don't see a baseball player playing a game before they play a game and so that's a time when we can see how the balls react and see if the greens have sped up see if the rough has gotten thicker over the last three days and so when your player hits a wedge and you write down the wedge went 155 yards and spun back two yards and then you hit a seven iron and you see it release three yards you can pretty much guarantee that if he's downwind and it released three yards with a seven five is going to release six or seven yards and so when you go to give him the yardage you're putting that in so if you had 193 to the hole and you know the last one released five yards or six yards you know you need to land this at 88 plus the wind downwind so you're hitting it 79 and it's going to land there and release out so there's a lot of numbers and thinking again it's how you deliver that information to the player without confusing him and so there's a manner that you have to do it you know the yardage is 86 but we're trying to land this at 82 and then the wind and then we both figure out what the wind's doing and we hit the shot or the club how, how good are those guys distance control too? I mean, the fact that you're getting down to, you know, a single yard difference here or there. I would guarantee that if you looked at the track man numbers that these guys all put down all the time, most probably 70% of the guys have track mans on tour. I would say they're within a yard or two on every, on any given day. Um, that's how good they are. So a lot like myself. <laughs> <laughs> He's lucky if he can get within a yard of his putts. Oh, exactly. Terrible. Can you come? Can you come read greens for me? Oh man, I would need a greens book. I know uh, Will Gordon's with Travis Matthews now. Do you, are there any other sponsors that he's got that we can give a shout out to as well? Yeah, he's got Callaway. He just signed a deal with Callaway this year. He's using the new Callaway irons, the new Maverick driver, the new Maverick three wood, and the new wedges um, with Callaway. And he hasn't switched putters yet, but I'm pretty sure within the next week or so, he'll switch the putter. But he's been slowly making a progress of switching into from ping over to all his Cowley equipment. And so it, it's been a great switch. Has he picked up, has he picked up any yardage oh, with yeah. that Maverick driver um, over Ping? It's been crazy. I was really shocked the last tournament that he had the equipment in the bag that quick. It's always tough to switch equipment. You see guys all the time that switch from Titleist over to PXG or from, you know, this company over to another company and they struggle. But right away, you could tell that this equipment was going to be even better than his old equipment. And the driver just alone for somebody that swings the club that hard for his misses to be that minimal, um, it's been unbelievable. And he's been hitting it farther than and his numbers have been even better too 
with the new Maverick driver, and and that that's what's more um, exciting because if you can drive the ball, it makes the rest of the game so much easier. Cowboys been unbelievable because they they see the promise in this kid, and if they can not push him and let him slowly get into it, it'll be a lot easier transition. Especially if he gets some confidence in his game, and he and he has with the play and playing well, and keeps getting better every week. So with your guy being all Callaway. Uh, I already have all? a deal with Level Wear to wear clothing. I've been doing with Level Wear for the last five years. I've got 13 caddies out on the PGA Tour that all wear Level Wear clothing. How about, how about just some like demo clubs? You ever get some, his you stuff, know, his stuff is way too stiff. Um, I'd probably break my yeah. back. Um, I mean, you're talking about a kid that's 6'4", weighs probably 215 pounds and probably only has about 4 or 5% body fat. I mean, he's he's a big boy and he can flat out move in. So I probably couldn't use any of his equipment unless I had to hit a shot for closest to the pin or something, you know, out there. You know, we didn't talk about big break at all. You know, that was kind of at the height of reality TV time. What was that experience like? And how different do you think it would be if like Twitter was what it was? Well, what what is so weird is a lot of people don't realize 10,000 people put in applications to be on that show and 3,000 people did auditions and only 10 of us got picked. Um, wow. And we taped 20 hours a day for 15 straight days. Oh, and, and we're in the middle of Las Vegas in summer. And you know how hot it is in Las Vegas. I mean, it, with, with all the, it was at least 130, 115 to 130 every day. And um, <laughs> I think that if we would have had Twitter or Facebook or anything, I, I think it would have even blown up even more. I mean, Big Break 2 was the number one reality show that the, that the Golf Channel has ever had. Like the highest ratings of any show of anything that the Golf Channel has done was Big Break 2. And um it was the best one. And the crazy no thing about it is, is that we got everything paid for to go over there. And if you didn't win, you didn't get anything. So and one guy went. So it's a winner take all. It was winner, winner take takes all. all. And the only time the players. And you made it to the I, final? I made it to the finals. I lost against Kip Henley. We played 18 holes. We both tied after 18 holes. Even though I beat him score-wise, we tied. And um, we went extra holes. And on the third playoff hole, we both hit the par 5 and 2. And I three-putted, he two-putted, and he won. And uh, he got six exemptions into uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour. He won a car, a lot of cash, um, probably over $100,000 worth of prize and money. And I got nothing. I got to at least say this while I got you on the horn here. So we play this game, Roll Reroll, which is basically a five-point scotch game. And probably the most important point, if you're going to get a true like sweep and an umbrella, is is the proximity to the hole, right? You need to get the neary. And uh, so we probably quote your big break days once a week. And so it's, it, it all comes pull down to who's close to the hole. Pull it tight. Pull <laughs> yeah, it tight. That was, a, that was a funny one. A lot of people don't realize that that guy, David Gunnis, that was hitting that shot, I had to stand behind a wall and he would hit the shot. You had to guess whether if he hit it the distance he said or he was lying. Well, he hit it back. And there's no possible way that he hit this like four and a half feet. There's no way unless it like hit short and ran up there. And so I said, you were lying. So I had to hit it half the distance he hit it. Well, he was telling the truth. He hit it four and a half feet. So I had to hit it two and a half feet. I lost by like an inch, less than an inch. And But I watched how he was pulling that tape up there. And there's no way he was pulling that tape tight enough. So I screamed, pull it tight, you know, pull the tape tight. And they, the guy <laughs> fell on the ground. It, it, and I didn't realize it was going to be that funny until after. Did you realize that was the funniest thing I ever heard? And I thought, I'm like, that was the stupidest thing I ever said. <laughs> 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 like they're going to cheat me up there on the green or something. I mean, 
Yeah, well, I'm, glad that you, I'm glad that, you know, I see it all the time. People say booyah or player hater or pull the tape tight. I see stuff all the time. It's pretty cool that, you know, people keep saying that kind of stuff. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I wish you the best of luck this year. Hopefully we'll keep in touch. Hopefully uh, you guys get an exemption down to the 3M and you maybe go out and play some golf again. Thanks for having me on uh, and I hope to be on again. And uh, to all those uh, tournament directors out there, please let uh, Will Gordon play in your event. I think he brings a lot of excitement to the game and he's going to be somebody to watch down the line. Thank you for having me on again, guys. No, thank you, Don. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to like see Will Gordon play next. So tournament directors again, yeah. Let's get him in. Like that's pretty exciting stuff. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. And I think Moose, we gotta give Will a nickname. Flash would be what I'd go with. Just that's all I Bombay. Oh, Gordon Bombay. Oh. What about or like the, the chef? fisherman? Fish the chef? Oh fish, fish sticks. sticks. Isn't it wasn't it Gordon yeah. the, the Gordon's fisherman? Yeah. <laughs> fish sticks it is. <laughs> I mean, Don, I'm sorry, but you're That just here. reminds me of the South Park episode. Oh, me, I don't know. Your call. <laughs> I like fish sticks. <laughs> fish sticks is good. I don't even get it still, but I like it. It's a great nickname. Just Google Gordon's fish sticks. Okay. And you'll see it, and your childhood will come rushing back to you. Can Moose win back-to-back? Can Paul crack the top 20? Let's find out as we make our one-and-done picks. All right, guys, we got one-and-done this week. Obviously, so every week we get to select one of our players, and you cannot re-pick a player you've picked throughout this year. Uh, Paul, let's get a little rundown of where everyone stands. The objective, too, is to get you you get the person's earnings for that week. That's yeah, how the that's how we system keep works. track of the standings, yeah. And so. we're not doing overlap picks, is that correct? Correct. We can't we can't pick the same person. Two people cannot pick the same player any week. So we go bottom up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And then last week is my first missed cut of the season. I'm not happy about it. You didn't you didn't miss the cut? Well no, Tractor took John Rahm last week. Yeah. What the what are you talking about? You said my first miscut. Cut. That's NASA. Nobody really gives a shit about your mu- miscut. What they really care about is who the even moose. Who do I even no, take? The moose, the moose has the first winner of the year. Thank you. Thank you. Who wants to touch me? Paul, let's get a rundown of where we're at. Did Moose in first now? Moose picked up the first win of the year with uh, his Webb Simpson pick last week. Nice. That puts him in first place with $1.56 million, roughly. So we've got about a $600,000 lead on Rhino, who kind of disappointing T52 from Bryson DeChambeau last week. Deadly. Um, Tractor, you know, a nice steady... Tied T9 from John Rahm. Probably not what you what you want out of a top five player. You're looking for a win if you pick him, usually. But um, You know, the so. best part about it is I forgot I even took him. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I did not forget got taken was Ricky Fowler. True. So anyway, so that tracker's in third at about 650000 And then yours truly on the board. Just a big, I think, 66 from Ricky on Friday to make the cut by one or two. After, I mean, I was watching him Thursday afternoon. The guy was freaking all over the place. I was dying. I like, I thought the Paul curse. I thought you're going to be the next Ander Cust. I was like, the guy is automatic top five there. I'm just going to take him. Life is good. And then, yeah, he shot two, two or three over the first day. Yeah, wild. Came through, made the cut, got me thirty four thousand bucks. So all long ways behind. Better than zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was smart enough though for my money one and done league. I took Webb Simpson. 
because I could not take Ricky knowing how things were going with this. No one cares about one and dones outside of this one and done on this show, okay. Paul. Yeah. If you really cared, you should have picked it. Well, in all fairness to Paul, too, he... Well, you could have. You had the first fucking pick. I did, yeah. I yeah. could have picked you're gonna get, right. And you're going to get the first pick again this week. And probably next Let's week. Let's hear it, Paul. Uh, Who are you going with? All right. So, just a tick tractor off for his miscut in Nassau with this guy. I'm just oh. going to chalk it up to bad luck last week. He was playing pretty well before that. Great history here. I'm going Sneds this week. Mm. Wow. He missed he missed the cut there last year. Wow. Well, it's not working out for me picking guys that are great there the year before. So it's I just hope Snedeker wins. So yeah, it'll be great for everybody. All right, I think it's me next, right? Yeah, yeah, Tractor's next. I'm blowing DJ on this one. And <laughs> that sounded Jeez, terrible. Just, <laughs> just, I'm taking anybody DJ. in the top ten left after Yeah. You got hey, Graham McDowell's just coming off a win. <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. In Saudi Arabia. Jason Day's courses. gonna play. Phil took third in Saudi Arabia. There's He's plenty of players 50. for you guys. I'm taking Dustin Johnson. I think Wayne's gonna focus him in uh, to the W. <laughs> he does not need Wayne Gretzky to focus him in. I think he does. No, he doesn't. Him and his brother, just the two of them out there, is not a great. He gets such a bad rap for being a himbo, but. <laughs> I- He's won. He's got chops, man. I think DJ's a lot smarter than people give him credit for, at least golf-wise. I, I don't remember. He's probably not watching it. the Iowa caucus, but <laughs> I think I, it, from a golf standpoint, I think he's he gets it. Do you guys remember that that Saturday Saturday Night Live skit of the Californians with? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody said well, everybody, that, like, everybody they imagined it. Yeah. They imagine that the conversations between like DJ and his brother are like the conversations on the Californians in SNL. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got Sneds and DJ. Uh, Rhino's up next. Mm, I'm going Euro Flair. Um, Paul Casey? Yeah, I am. I'm going to go Paul Casey. He's been nice. close before. I don't know where else I want to take him. You know if that if that makes sense. I like the I like the DJ pick. That was actually that was number one on the draft board. So Mel's got to regroup, and I'm going to go Paul Casey. All right, Moosey. Okay, so I'm going to go with GMAC here. It was kind of a punt play. Forgot that he won this week over in Saudi Arabia. He won the US Open here too. So yeah, so I I was just kind of punting this week. I got a nice comfortable lead. It's not a week I need to burn anybody good so i'm going gmac he's also one out at ohl so he kind of likes the coastal courses gmac come and get me buddies <laughs> gotcha so we got from top to bottom we got moose with graham mcdowell rhino with paul casey tracker dustin johnson and paul with brant snedeker we bring don back for a stupid little game we're going to play a game called Who Said It? Will Gordon or Celebrity Chef Gordon Ramsay? Okay? okay. Okay. So the first one, here we go. The most important thing on 15 is having a good routine. You just want to you just want to make it seem as pedestrian as possible and it doesn't look pedestrian. Was that Will Gordon or Celebrity Chef Gordon Ramsay? I'm going to say Chef Gordon. No, that Ram- was Will Gordon. When did he say oh, that? He, so all these all these quotes are coming from when he was at East Lake. That's the only videos I could find of him talking. Okay, okay. Uh, for, I, I, <laughs> so um, thanks for shafting me on the mashed potatoes, and thanks for being a on the appetizers. Yeah, that's Ramsey. Yep, that's a hundred percent right. Good job. Okay, <laughs> that was an easy one. So, uh, you got to hit the fairway. It's a premium out here. Otherwise, you don't know if it's going to jump, come out heavy. All right, Will Gordon. That was easy. Yes, 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 you got it. You're getting the hang of this here. Okay. 
Right, I'll get you more pumpkin. I'll ram it right up your Would you like it whole or diced? Ramsey. Yes, you're on a roll now. Now, now we're getting this going. Okay, it scooted right up there. Took a three on the scorecard. Uh, Gordon. Well, you can't, you gotta give me, wait, hold on. You gotta tell me, was it Will Gordon or Gordon Ramsey? You can't just say Gordon, that's cheating. <laughs> Will Gordon. Okay, there we go. This soup is dry. Uh, Ramsey. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see here. I think I got one more here. Oh, I wasn't hitting the ball too well, but Coach and I found something over there on eight, and I hit it really well from there on out. Will Gordon. That's correct. Last <laughs> one we got here. You got to get this one here. So, Okay. Now, f*** off, you useless sack of f***ing Yankee Doodle dandy I'm going to say it's uh, Chef Ramsey. <laughs> That's correct. You, you, were, <laughs> you got the hang of that after a while there. <laughs> Time for our fantasy Nassau picks. The most exciting fantasy golf game in the world, and we're the only ones playing it. Moose, why don't you explain how this one works to the listeners? Okay, so the four of us are all going to pick a player. Two of us are on a team. And if you've ever played Nassau with your buddies on the golf course, it works the exact same way. So, And if you haven't, here's how it works. You got... You've got three matches going on. It's all match play, so there's there's a match for the front nine. That's worth a point. There's a match for the back nine. That's worth a point. And there's an 18-hole match. That's worth a point, too. So you can win the front, you can win the back, or you could win the total, or you could win all three. But you do that over four rounds. And hopefully your guy makes the cut because it makes it very difficult for your partner if you don't. But you guys happen to, like, really dodge a bullet with a guy missing the cut this week. Uh, yeah. Could have been hey, worse. Hey, Paul, Paul, let's go off. What were the teams last week? Uh, last week, Moose and I had Matsuyama and Shoffley against you and Rhino, who had Snedeker and Thomas. Yeah. So everyone made the cut except Sned. So, like, you guys should have smoked us Saturday, Sunday. But yeah, JT, JT, we, we swept you on Saturday. Yeah, but Sunday, well, JT just, what, what did he shoot? Six under, was it? I think he shot 65. Well, didn't help that Shoffley was like four over through seven or something stupid. That, that's my fault, Pods. Your guys no. didn't play the front nine very well. No. At all. Well, I mean, it was a pretty nice week for the both of them. But yeah, JT is the real deal. I, I, how many times am I going to have to say that? Five wins. So how many? How many shy are you? You're we're still, still three we're shy, still right? only two. But this is this is the trend. This is the kind of thing you like to see when you just kind of doggy a T three, and uh, it, it's basically a week off, and you're just. I thought it was kind of interesting to see all the guys in the Kobe jersey play really well. Everybody, so Homa, Thomas, and Fino all put on a Kobe jersey. And did you also like Sunday where it was eight off the left and twenty four deep? Yeah. yeah, I thought that was cool, for sure. Did you guys see that video of the chick who is showing her bazumbas? Yeah. I bet she thought that was a great idea until she, like, she remembered that people have phones and it's all over Twitter now. Well, everything when you're drunk is a great idea until you realize everyone has phones. Yeah. I mean, Them were some jumblies. Those were massive. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Was it Spieth on the green and he just like, you could like see him blushing from like. Well, I think it was on the weekend, so I don't think it was Spieth. Oh. Well, make it to a weekend and then we can decide if you're maybe <laughs> playing on the weekend or not. How about that? Yeah. Anyways. All right. So our stand, our standings in this game are uh, pretty interesting. I, Tractor, have 29 points. 
In second place is who I pulled up from the cellar the week before, Moose, with 16. Stomped you last weekend, though. Paul has 12, and Rhino has 11. This week, Moose and Rhino versus Tractor and Cedow. So, okay. Paul, flip- we smoked these guys 9-2. to two. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a super beatdown. Yeah. yeah, okay, here comes the flip. Here we go, here we go. Gosh, it's you guys again. Paul, right. just like last time, you lead us off. Did I lead us off last time? Yeah, you did. All right, this could backfire, but I'm going to take the risk. Since it. There's nothing better than like when your guy is the first pick and he leads off with like, I don't know, I'm just going to take the risk. I don't think it's a risk. You're around tournament, so the guy misses the cut. He's just out for one round, not Yeah, not it's, two. Not, it's not as big. So it's Which not a big also deal. goes, same thing for fantasy this week. It's the premium on having 6-6 six six through is not as good. FYI, peeps. Still, still good to do, but... You're not going to reap the same benefit that you normally do. Right. All right, Pods. Who you got? Go, Phil. Oh, what? With the number one pick. Hey, I like it. He knows these courses. The guy makes a ton of birdies. He might shoot 75 with six birdies. He played okay over in... He took third, didn't he? Well, it's also Saudi Arabia versus... Pebble Beach. There were like fourteen Probably better people field the over course. there than this thing. All the, didn't he have like ten birdies on Friday? Yeah, I, I think he played really well on Friday, and then on Sunday he got off to a really hot start. But GMAC was just too much. It, the course is really kind of goofy. It's fun to watch, but there's nobody out there, and it looks like it's in like a brand new housing development in like <laughs> Gilbert, Arizona. There's just nothing <laughs> but dirt everywhere, and then it's. You know, this, I, sorry, I'm not a big geography guy. Tractor, I feel like this is right up your alley. What's the body of water that's right there? The Gulf of something, probably. <laughs> so the Gulf <laughs> of something right off like 16, 17. Pretty awesome. Anyways, yeah, so Phil, Phil finished strong. GMAC had a couple birdies on the back and then kind of put it away. But All right, your, yeah, your team's up. Make a pick. My guy took Phil, and I like it. Okay, Rhino, do you, how, how are you feeling on your picks here? Do you have a guy that you just really want to take before anybody gets taken? Not really. Not really. I'm, I'm, I'm in last place now. I felt really good going into San Diego. My Woods pick got sniped. I'm, I'm still a shell of myself. I, I never really regrouped. JT was a nice pick, but he didn't really do much for the – the team in general. No, so that was your partner's fault, not yours. It's yep. not my it's not my partner's fault. I mean, JT could have shot thirty five under and we needed we needed more out of him like day one, day two. Exactly. So if you if you have like so I'm kind of feeling like I'm on flyer mode. There's there's not a whole lot of guys that I want to do, but if there's somebody that you're confident with, I'll let you do it and then, you know, you can play the safe play and I'll kind of go the the punt. Well in this not game punt. again there is no punt. There should no, be not no punt, punt. Not punt. Not Punt. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. You don't punt in fantasy NASA. But I'm 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 not gonna punt. I'm gonna get weird. I'm okay. Like, if you're get, that's what I'm saying is I'm gonna get a little weird too. Okay. That's fine. Let's both get weird because okay. Weird. You go weird first. Shock doesn't always work. No. You go weird first. Matthew Fitzpatrick. Wow, that is weird. Paul, you ready for this? Yeah. I'm going with the guy who's been hot lately. Faltered a little last week. I'm taking JB. Your twin. Bill. He he is Bill. <laughs> He's built for six and a half, seven all rounds of golf. This pace will not bother him one bit. Not on Sunday, though. If he if he At makes all. it to the weekend, Sunday's going to be a the guy. The guy can score. We all know it. He's been playing pretty well. And he's used to this pace. It's going to be perfect. Jamie, so who ragged on my Sneds pick for one and done? He missed the cut last year. Well, JB's missed the cut the last two. But I still That's like fine. it. Good pick, Pods. Yeah, he's hot. You got to take the hot Okay, so, he, so the guys that I had here, now again, this is the second week in a row. Like, going last is stressful. I will say, say Phil, Phil and JB, 
I mean, that's like... That could be big time miscut. It's like the halftime show last night. Like early 2000s, this was an epic pairing. That, I thought that was still fantastic last night. We've got Jason Day, Patrick Cantley, and then my other guy that I was thinking about potentially going with was Vaughn Taylor, who's been... Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm whoa. not, not going to do that for this because <laughs> I was just listing out who I had on my board for possible picks this week. So, ah, Jason Day or Cantley here. Can I give advice? No. Can he call in a read? No. I mean, no table talk. No table talk. Why no table talk? We're it's a true partnership. Yeah, I think I think partnerships should be allowed to talk. All right, I get it. Let Jordan make. I know I'm fine. Let Jordan make both the picks for your teams in last. <laughs> no, I'm I'm giving him I'm giving him my. He can't tell me who to pick, but I can tell him who I'm going. He can try to persuade me one way or the other. This is like the President's Cup where they sit there and huddle for like five minutes to determine a pairing. And then it's, yeah. Pods don't huddle, we (laughs) hug. I, I'm, I'm not going to be mad either way. I was shocked that actually J-Day somehow avoided the first it's seven. It's a good problem to have both those guys on the board with the last pick, but, I feel like. So I'll just go J-Day. I mean, his history here is great. Yeah. I think he can single-handedly probably beat Team Sned's JB. Well, it's Team Phil JB. So. Phil JB. <laughs> either way. <laughs> Too many games. Almost, I'd playing. almost guarantee that one of those guys misses the cut, but yeah. I have Matthew well, Fitzpatrick who... I, and since we've determined that he might get lost, Day's playing with his doctor, we should probably be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is about it for this week's edition of Nice Shot Pods presented by the Fantasy National Golf Club. On behalf of Tractor, Rhino, Paul, and myself, can't thank Don Donatello enough for coming on and being our guinea pig for our very first interview. Please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, become a member at Fantasy National for the ultimate customizable golf database. You can join and save 20% by going to www.fantasynational.com slash pods. We look forward to seeing you next week out at Riviera in sunny Los Angeles.